It's a big week for soccer on the planet for the United States and Kansas City. International events for the women's and men's team have implications for us in the nation's heartland. And columnist Sam Mellinger and soccer beat writer Sam McDowell are here to talk about this on Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, Sam Kirkhoff, we're all here today uh, <laughs> talking soccer in Kansas City. Guys, how you doing? Doing well. Doing Thanks good. for having us on. I'm doing great. More yeah. energy than Sam McDowell. I just want that on the record. It's a high bar to pass. <laughs> Noted. Uh, guys, I was thinking about this today that as I was coming downtown, Kansas City's bona fides as a soccer town shouldn't be questioned, right? I mean, it is. Kansas City's a soccer town. It always, always has been. It's proven it time, time and again with the attendance at national events and uh, the su- success of sporting. It's just, Kansas City, you can call it, it's a legit soccer town. But it's never been more important for Kansas City to live up to that idea of being a soccer town than it is now. And I thought this was a good week to talk about it because you got the Women's World Cup going on. you got the, 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 the Men's Gold Cup happening in Kansas City this week. Sporting's playing, uh, you know, played last weekend and, and plays this weekend as well. If there's been ever a time for Kansas City to kind of show off as a soccer city, it's uh, it, it's now. And the reason I say that is because uh, we're, we're within a year of the announcement for the World Cup selection, site selection. Uh, Kansas City's one of the finalists for that, and there's there's huge money for the city cities that that land that of that event. So Sam Mellinger. Um, am, am I right? I mean, do we do? Is there any reason to question Kansas City as uh, you know as, as a soccer town? No, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that this is a soccer town. I think um, whether you can call Kansas City a soccer town, I say yes. But the answer to that question is only tangentially related to will we get World Cup games? That's right. You know, um, and, and I think that I think we have a good argument. You know, geographically, I think, you know, Pinnacle, there, there, there's some stuff like that. But, look, I, I, I can't get anybody with the Chiefs or Sporting Kansas City to tell me that they moved. And maybe, Sam McDowell, maybe maybe you've heard different. But I can't get anybody to tell me we moved this game, the, uh, you know, the uh, Milan-Bayern game, you know, from Arrowhead because of tickets. But that's what it sounds like to me. I, I find the, you know, the rain explanation a little bit you know just hard to believe so I I think that is the first time in a long time that I can remember thinking huh you know maybe we're not living up to or maybe that was biting off more than we could chew it's an international game there's no local connection all that stuff I just that's the first time I'm like ooh, that's an argument against Kansas City getting World Cup games it's the first time that I've thought that in a really long time the ticket sales for that game we found out during the um, during the announcement that the game was moving from Arrowhead to to Children's Mercy was below what Children's Mercy was mm-hmm. at the time, which is like eighteen, nineteen thousand, yeah. right? Yeah. With standing room, they can probably fit about twenty. Right. So, I think that would have been a bad look. Totally. To, to play that game at Arrowhead with a, a lot of empty seats, bad enough to make have an influence. Do you think on Sam McDowell? On uh, I mean, I I agree with Melly because I think that they think it was bad enough to potentially have an influence, and why not trust their opinion on? what attendance means in these matches and you know we're two days ahead of the gold cup right now and there's still tickets left for the gold cup too and i like look i i get the friendly not having great sales um 
to be honest, I think the tickets are pricey, probably pricing a lot of people out. You're not sure in a match like that, in a summer match when these European teams are off, who's actually going to be playing if the stars you want to see for those two teams are even going to be in the lineup. And that probably affects whether or not you actually decide to buy your ticket. But for the Gold Cup in the United States, this is a big deal. And you've got to be able to sell out that match at Children's Mercy Park on Wednesday. Well, so that's a doubleheader, right? That's not just USA playing. Yeah, you've that's, got Trinidad and Tobago and Guyana. Is that? He, yep, Guyana. I was relying on you for that one. Well, let's, let's go with Guyana. <laughs> that's like at 5.30. That's 5.30, and the, the U.S. plays Panama at 8. 8. So the two best teams in the group are U.S. Panama. and Panama. They've already advanced onto the knockout stage, so um, they're, they're, I guess you could say it doesn't really have the meaning that it would, obviously, if you needed a victory to advance, but... U.S. has shown pretty well in the first couple. Yeah, of and I don't think tickets would have been sold based on that. No. And the tickets right. would, would have already been sold. So uh, let's stay with the Gold Cup for for a second. It's a is it every two years the and it's the Concacaf during the world during the opposite of the World Cup cycle. Yeah, so right. it, it kind of bases on when the World Cup is. But yeah, it's the the first year after and usually the the year right before the the World Cup. And it's it's your biggest tournament for the the United States outside of the World Cup. And considering this group didn't make the World Cup, it's their biggest tournament in five years now. And it's a, it's a tournament the U.S. has had success in. They've won this thing. Yeah, I mean, heck, Graham Zussi's been a part of two championship teams. Matt Beasler was part of a Gold Cup winning team. Yeah, I mean, now one of the reasons Jurgen Klinsmann eventually got fired was they performed so poorly in one of their in his last Gold Cup. But historically speaking, yeah, this is a tournament they've done well in, and it's on home soil this year. Yeah, so Children's Mercy gets gets games. Um, they've been at uh, – it's, it's actually the last group of games before they go to the quarterfinals. Yep. Um, everybody else will have played three. And uh, and I'll be curious to see what the attendance is on, on, um, on Wednesday night. I've heard they're close to selling this out. So I, I, I expect to sell out on Wednesday. It just hasn't happened yet. Well, at least it'll look good. I mean, right. if, they're, if you're close to selling it out at Children's Mercy, it's going to look good. You've got a good atmosphere out there, sure. I mean, all, all that stuff I, I do think matters. I saw the, uh, the, the Cuba-Canada game from was – is that who was playing? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Cuba-Canada playing in Charlotte the other day in – the Panther Stadium was about empty for for that. I, I don't know why I would have expected anything else, but uh, uh, well, USA's game the other day um, was at Cleveland. It was in Cleveland. Yeah. There were a lot of empty seats there too. There were. You know, I mean, you you put these things in football stadiums. You got to get at least forty fifty to make it look decent. You know what I mean? And and that's look like not to keep going back to this, but you know, two days after you know the announcement of of this uh, the Byron game getting moved. I happened to be at Monster Jam uh, at Arrowhead, and and they had forty thousand people there, probably maybe fifty. I mean, there, there was a bunch of the upper deck that was that was blocked off. But I just kept thinking, you know what? Like, even if you just sold the seats that are here, that's a lower number. Like that, you know, that would look good. But you can't. What you can't do is have fifteen in a football stadium because then it looks like the Wizards, not sporting, but it looks like the Wizards, and that's a big reason why they, why they had to move. Am I being overly sensitive about the the appearance? Though is Kansas City is going to sell itself to the World Cup deciders on central location, the uh, you know the pinnacle sports complex yeah. where the men's team was training today. You were there, Sam McDowell. Um, there are reasons to be in Kansas City besides the. I think for Kansas City to get this far in the in the process was is an acknowledgement of Kansas City lo- embraces the sport. Sure. Um, I, I guess maybe 
maybe it's it's Midwestern that that healthy Midwestern paranoia that I have that you don't want anything to go wrong on, in a, in a you know in a contest you know that that yeah. a Midwest city is up against you know coast cities yeah uh, and and that's that's part of the argument yeah I, I think a couple fair things to say is that and I know this I mean this is. <laughs> From somebody very involved in the process, it's it's widely th- believed that there's seven eight cities that are locks, and Kansas City's not one of those. So so Kansas City's fighting for one of those other what two or three? Yeah. Or so let, before you, go, that's a great thought. But before you continue, let's do the. It's seven, seventeen. Right. Yeah. It's seventeen cities are going to host correct games, and the best Kansas City can do is group play matches or potentially up to a quarterfinal because the semifinal and championship matches are going to have different locations for sure. For sure. Um, but, we, but we're pretty certain that Canada's three cities are going to be selected and Mexico's three cities are going to be selected. So it ends up being like 10 U.S. cities, 10 out of 17 U.S. cities, I think, are going to 17 of the finalists are U.S. cities, and, uh, and 10 of them will end up being sites. So yeah. that's kind of the math we're looking at. And you think L.A. lock. You think Dallas probably. New York is already a lock. Atlanta. Atlanta's probably, a lock. Yeah. I mean, you know, so you you go down that list, and Kansas City's not going to be a lock. The, the, no, it's a bubble team. It's a bubble city. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. We, K-State basketball here, right? <laughs> uh, but the, the thing about. I just keep wondering if it made the Midwest paranoia, you just said it, but like, is the geography and pinnacle going to work against getting games? Cause they can say, well, Kansas city would be a great place to have a team base there. Cause they've got the best training ground in the country and they're not going to have more than a two, three hour flight anywhere. Like I could just see that being sold and like, Hey, they're still, cause you have Spain here or something. You have Brazil here. Like, you know, there are going to be a lot of people just. You have a party just, for a month. Yes, yes. And I, I just wonder if we're going to end up in a place there that, that that's going to be sold as, well, you know, we're part of the World Cup. Tell you what, though, I, I want games. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that would be a huge disappointment. Yeah. It was like, oh, we get yeah. to go watch them train. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to, to me, the biggest selling points are what you guys have already mentioned is, is certainly pinnacle. I mean, Greg Berhalter, U.S. national team coach today, just said at, at practice that it's the standard now in America. So he thinks it's the best facility there there is. And then obviously the, you sort of are, are playing this math as far as if, if Kansas City doesn't have games, you don't have any place within a, a, a very wide radius in the middle of the country, you're not gonna have games. But to me, the biggest hurdle I think they have to get over and what they're probably selling is transportation. You look at Kansas yeah. City, and you've got a lot of transportation issues, certainly from the airport. Now, even Mayor Sly James said at the press conference, Melly, you were there too, that if there wasn't the new airport terminal, they would have been out already. Yeah. So obviously that's a big hurdle um, that they are crossing off, but you still have, to me, how are people going to get from games to training and everybody that wants to go to the hotels and just all sorts of shuttles and stuff like that that you've got to work out. You know, I've heard um, from – people whose opinions I respect that similar sentiment that the idea of the stadium being 10 miles from the downtown area and another 10 you know 20 miles from training facility uh, it really does would work against Kansas City mm-hmm. and I, I was trying to think of the of the other finalists that I that, that we know you know the, that are out there that I think Kansas City is unique in having 
its stadium that far away from downtown. Maybe you know the, the you know the New York. It's it's not a New York City, but it's right across the river. The uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. That that's not. You know, that, that's New York plays by different rules. Yes. <laughs> right. And you, you guys take them have, off the board. You guys have been obviously to, to heck. The Chargers are playing there now. We're in L.A. How how what's sort of the distance between that training facility and because the teams I think would still train it in Carson mm. versus the the, the state. I, I think like New York. I think L.A. just you know is never not going to, to be is never not going off, to be yeah. part of the soccer um, lineup in, sure. in this country. I mean the Rose Bowl has been the the site for every major so Mexico US games yeah they've, they've had some of their biggest games yeah there. in fact the gold cup all the gold cup finals seems to be the, the I don't think this year's is but no it's at soldier field right yeah you're right but yeah. uh, a lot of the gold cup finals have been at the Rose Bowl so and then the in in 94 the world cup final was was at the Rose Bowl uh, so no again LA plays by a different standard and, and their new stadium will be on board then too the new football stadium in LA for Kansas City, the stakes are enormous for this. People talk about Cincinnati. You know, they're competing against Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati has been a professional soccer city for a couple of years now, at least MLS level. Just, this is just, their expansion just, oh, year. Oh, expansion this year. Okay. Year, yeah. Just this year, you know, Nashville um, will come in next year to the league. And, yeah. and but they're they're one of the finalists right, too. Right. Um, Denver has been around as long as Kansas City is terms, in terms does of does not MLS. support that team at all. Doesn't and doesn't seem to have a soccer presence there. I have a no. son who lives in Denver, and they said there is no the presence of soccer there isn't what it is in Kansas City with Sporting KC. So that's surprising to me. That is a sports town, Denver. Um, they they support We've got their a guy teams on and, staff out there. The, you know, obviously Steve Vacherot's from that area. Yeah. He, he blames it a little bit on the location out there. Ownership for yeah. sure, but location as well. It's yeah. apparently not the most convenient place if you live downtown to, right, to halfway try to the go airport. Out to a game. And anybody who's been to the airport in Denver knows how far that is from downtown, and the yeah. stadium's halfway to the airport. But Children's it's not Mercy like Kansas Park City, is Kansas not. is a great place <laughs> right. to go visit. Right, right. <laughs> So anyway, the and the reason we're talking about this is not not just civic pride or the six hundred twenty million dollar economic impact, which would be the you know there's been, never been anything like it when when Kansas City announced the 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 NFL draft coming to to town in what twenty twenty two twenty three I forgot what the year was twenty two I think maybe whatever it is if it's coming in a few years they talked about the you know it'll have a really big you know economic impact and maybe. You know, hundred thousand. You know, six at least hundred thousand. I mean, more than that. I mean, it could be legit. Quarter of a million people here for that. But the World Cup would be even bigger than that because you're talking about having nations fan bases here for for like a, weeks, weeks at a time. I mean, six hundred twenty million dollar economic impact would be massive for for this for this region for this economy and and. You're a, if you're a World Cup host city, what you, what's bigger than that in terms of having a sporting event of international appeal in in your town? I I can't think of anything that's bigger. There there are few things I feel more strongly about than clapping back at these economic impact predictions. I, I think a lot of times they they don't take into account like display spending um, and all that stuff. But what, the World Cup would be the biggest, forget about sports, be the biggest event in Kansas City history, right? That, that would be more people here, I would assume, than any political convention, than, than the NFL draft, than the World Series, than the All-Star game, than anything. I mean, because these are people, 
largely from outside of Kansas City coming in to spend their money and and spend time here. I mean, then you add in like media exposure. I mean, it was it, it would be is the World Series the biggest sports event that we've had here? Well, certainly in terms of stature, yeah, it would AFC Championship game, yeah. Would would it, yes? I'd say I would say the World Series and the AFC Championship game were the two biggest sporting events we've ever had. Look, Final Four in '88 is the last yeah, one of those. But that's changed. College basketball forty years ago or thirty years ago is a lot different than it is now. And and you get six World Cup games here. That is the World Series times twenty. Yeah, the I mean, length of the stay for all these people is the separator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would just be. I feel like there are a lot of people. Look, like you either like soccer or you don't, in you know, um, to a large degree. And I think there's a lot of people who maybe aren't into soccer that are kind of dismiss it. I don't care, whatever. But if we got games here, their minds would be blown about how big a World Cup game would be in Kansas City. I mean, it's it just it's hard to overstate that. And that's the one time that economic impact study, six hundred twenty million dollars. I'm not going to poo-poo that as much as I would for for a lot of other things. I, I, that that might be real. All right. Pick your all-star. What would be the best four, four nations that could be here for the World Cup in 2026? And take oh, USA man. out of it. Say USA couldn't be here. What would be the uh, what would be the all-time party for Kansas City in 2026? Dude, I feel like I'll take Brazil and the bottom three picks, and and I think that would be that would be enough for me. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll tell you, some of those euros, some of those euros coming over here could they can throw a party too. That's right. <laughs> Spain or I mean Mexico would be huge to have yeah, Mexico play absolutely um, other it's kind of weird because when you when you sort of do that math you're looking at the star players but the star players in 2026 are going to be a lot different we than have they no are idea who they are right. today so um, I, I think Mexico would be just a huge draw but I think probably the best thing that could happen would be a mix uh, just to get a bunch of different sort of cultures in one I think that would be a really cool thing because like you said I wonder if the non-soccer fan in Kansas City realizes how big of a deal this sport is to other countries. And it would be just a cool thing to experience how those cultures embrace this sport. Yeah, that's well said. All right, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, sporting. Uh, Got a win over the weekend. It was good to see. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at kansascity.com slash sportspass. We're back with uh, Sam McDowell and Sam Mellinger talking some soccer. And Sporting Kansas City picked up its first road victory of the season on Sunday. one nothing at Columbus. I watched that game and thought Columbus had a lot of chances and could not convert. Seems like that happened to Sporting a lot this year. Uh, it was good to see Sporting get 
get on the good side of one of those and move up the move up in the standings. They're now the first team outside of the of the Western Conference playoffs. So Sam McDowell, you watched it too. What um, in addition to just you know moving up the table as they say in soccer, it's quite a spirit lifter, don't you think? Yeah, you know, soccer's such a weird game, I think, what separates it from the other sports or the fact that you can completely not play well and win, or you can play really well and not win. And they've had a lot of the latter this year, I think. This was the former, because I thought that first 45 minutes was about as bad as a sporting Kansas City team as I've seen all season. And somehow they end up winning the match. But today I was out of, out of practice, and the, the, just a few of the guys were there getting treatment. But talked to a couple of the coaches as well, and they said it was amazing what the feeling was like in the locker room afterwards. These guys have just sort of been waiting on stuff to go wrong in a match. And to not have that happen late in that game that we've seen three times they've given up a goal late in the game this year, to not have that happen, to actually get a win – it's almost like the performance didn't matter. It was just these guys needed something to go right because the issues here, as much as you want to talk about injuries and all that stuff through the slump, has been their mindset and their confidence has just been completely shattered for a couple of months now. I'm not used to seeing it with, from sporting. Uh, yeah, we deal with it with the Royals on a you know on a not a consistent basis, but we've seen it before, and it's just been and, and when the Royals have been bad. Um, Sporting has always been good, you know, so you, yeah. the summer wasn't always lost around here. And it just started to seem like, and it still to some extent seems like a, a dreary summer when it comes to our, you know, the summer teams. But um, it's just a one, it's just one game, right? One yeah, win. Yeah, but I, I, think a, I think a big one because, I mean, you know, you look back on it and how many other sports, it, it, would, it would sort of be like playing in the Super Bowl and the next week playing a regular season game, and how do you get up for it? When Sporting got knocked out of the Champions League, then they're playing in Colorado in front of eight or 9,000 people, and they were completely lifeless, and that sort of started this, this trend, and we just saw a lot of matches where, frankly, I just didn't think they had a lot of energy, and there's a legitimate excuse that I think goes into an athlete's mindset of playing in the Champions League, trying to be the first MLS team to ever win it, and then playing an MLS one of 34 the next week. Sam, what do you, uh, Mellinger, what, I don't know if you've been out to a game this year. I, I, I have not. Once, uh, yeah. So uh, is there a different vibe? I mean, is it just, does it seem different? I think it does. And, and you know, Sam McDowell, I mean, follows the team closer than than either of us but um so i'm kind of happy that he's seeing and and hearing the same things that it looks like to me when i watch them play is just um they're just a team without a mojo they're they're they, they've just seemed like a team a little bit lost they seem like a team that is waiting you you mentioned sam just now about giving up the late goal there's games where it looks like they're just like almost noticeably yeah. waiting for that yeah. bad moment to come and and it's calm, you know, and then that's, you know, chicken and egg, right? Um, so I'm so glad you said this because, like, the, the focus has been so much on injuries. And look, like, that is a legitimate thing, too. The, 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 there are times where the, the injured list, like, that, that team would beat the healthy team, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, in, in a fair fight. And, and so they're going to get, you would think, hope uh, healthier. But that doesn't matter if – their confidence doesn't change if they don't start playing with a little bit more 
uh, assertiveness and and confidence, for lack of a better word, just keep using it. But I, that that's to me, and it's just, it's a weird thing seeing that in that uniform, you know, with with that coach on the sideline. Like it, yeah. it just it's a foreign kind of look. Yeah, which is what a tribute to that organization sure. and how well it's played for you know as long as it's been here. Yeah. Um, you know the with wizard even even at with as the wizards. I mean they're two two cup finals as the mm-hmm. wizards with one championship. So yeah, it's it's difficult. Like I said, it's difficult for me to think of them as bad. And yeah, I mean they, they had played poorly last week, and they had that time off after they got destroyed in the Open Cup, which even Peter Vermees acknowledged that was probably a good thing for them just to be able to focus on one competition for the rest of the year. But they had. I guess it was a, a nine-day break. They didn't talk tactics at all in those nine days. It was all trying to get the mentality of this group back to – and you know what they did was they went back and watched some film from early in the season when they were playing well and said, look, you guys are capable of doing this, but you know, you've know you got to believe you're capable of doing that. And I think that the coaches are having – maybe more of their work cut out for them than they've ever had here because they're working on that mentality more than the X's and O's of the game. You know, we've, we've seen it in other sports that they, they got up, they, they did have a, they played well early, but they didn't get results early because they, they um, uh, the, the Mexico trip turned out to be disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they lost the game in L.A. Very after, first game of the season. Right. Yeah, yeah. They played really well. One in, of their best games of the season, they lost it, yeah. So I, I think there was some, there was a, a kind of a demoralized feeling with this team after you know after that trip, and then the injuries started to pile up, and and you thought, well, if, if any maybe if any team can overcome it, it, it's this one. But even even a team that's as well coached, well structured, organized as Sporting, wasn't able. They just weren't able to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's two guys that have been out that I think have been real keys. When Matt Beasler's not playing, that team looks completely different on the back yeah. line, mostly in organization. Now, I think Matt's also the most talented guy they have back there, but he's in charge of organizing the back, and they've just looked plain disorganized at times. And I think in the midfield, Roger Espinosa yeah. being out, you sort of wonder how valuable is he when he's on the field because, you know, he doesn't get a lot of numbers that go on the stat sheet, but when he's out, you notice he's not there. And I think that... During that Columbus match, I, I come back to that, but the 45 minutes of the first half where they played so poorly, he would have been riding everybody on that field. And just noticing watching on TV, you didn't see a lot of guys that are out there outspoken saying, we got to pick it up. We got to get this going. And that's what they miss when, when he's not on the field. So what do they, what do they have coming up? They played Salt Lake on uh, Saturday, and oddly enough, that's the team in seventh. The seven teams make it. So as bad as sporting's been, if they win that match on Saturday, they're suddenly above the playoff line already. With uh, half the season to go? Or? Yeah, that'll be game 17 of 34. So that that is kind of amazing. If You know, I, I kind of like them in the second second half, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, soccer's as much as people want to make a big deal about home field advantage, and it certainly is, in the playoffs it's all about how you're playing going in. And more than, I, again, I think more than other sports, you know, in, in baseball I think teams are more consistent uh, over the long haul of the season, even though it's a longer season. In football there's certainly more consistency. In soccer you see some teams come on late. Seattle was in last place a couple of years ago with half the season to go and won MLS Cup because they're playing well once the playoffs get here. 
All right, we'll see how it uh, how it goes for sporting. We'll see uh, before that though. Women's World Cup team wins today. They play at they play France Friday. It's a road game for Team USA. Uh, the Women's World Cup is in France. They play Friday, and uh, and the men's team, USA men's team, Wednesday night, Children's Mercy Park against pa- Panama. So a couple of you know national team, international matches this week that um, you know the Kansas City will be interested in with uh, sporting coming up this weekend. Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, thanks guys for being here. All right, play. Thanks to our producers, Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra. Kathy doubled as a technical assistant today. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and in the print editions of the Kansas City Star. We'll be back soon to talk sports in Kansas City on another edition of Sports Beat KC.